Hi everyone, my name is Asta Philpot and welcome to another episode of Astavision. Today is special uh, because I am inviting on astrologer, psychic, and it says on her profile, which uh, I'll ask her about that later, but I'm pleased to welcome Inbal Honigman. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me. You have no idea how flattered I am. I've been banging on about it to anyone who would listen while still, of course, keeping it very secret because that's your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. The support means a lot. Um, can I just start by um, going, rewinding right back to um, Little Inbal because I, I just want to get a sense of how you became how you came to be an astrologer and psychic and how you kind of channel all this stuff because it, it just I, yeah it just doesn't come from anywhere does it 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 really doesn't and I would love to give you like a great mystical story that I'm the seventh daughter of a seventh daughter and we've had it run down the family but my upbringing could not be more ordinary I grew up in a totally average household in Israel. My dad has a hydraulics company. My mum was an arts and crafts teacher at a school. I have one brother. Uh, we lived on the third floor, pay, pay, played outside every day. So it was the exact childhood that would have prepared me for a lifetime of um you know, regular work and um, probably living on the same road as my mom and dad in the same way that my dad still lives on the same road as his mom. Um, I was the I was the cleverest girl at school, so I would have probably um, got a nice, good education and ended up. Uh, my family really wanted for me to be a doctor or a lawyer, um, but ended up perhaps working for my dad. Something really regular and whereas I'm all about people following what they want and uh, for some people that regular life was perfect for my dad who is a Virgo that regular life of uh, going into the army doing his mandatory service then taking his army profession starting a business in his army profession and he still works at it set you know age 72 that is his perfect life and I'm really into that and there's a Pisces part of me that really embraces ordinariness but that was really not me I've always wanted to do things that are playful and do things that are unique and explore um where i grew up everybody was more or less the same so if anyone came that had like a little accent or looked slightly different or had cousins abroad that would be what fascinated me and i really adore people so if we fast forward from little inbal who had a very very regular upbringing to 20 year old Inval who did her mandatory army service and finished her schoolwork and did everything right I then just went to Greece just like everybody else does um, and in Greece I thought it might be fun to find a job just to make that 
attraction that I had towards um, different people from different backgrounds and different lifestyles just to take a small step towards doing something a little different and in a impossible and very magical twist of fortune the lady who I worked with and then also uh, was her tenant in her house she used to mess around with tarot cards now it sounds really uh, fortuitous. How did that happen? I can assure you that when you go to Greece, everyone messes with something or other. So some people will mess with tarot cards. Some people will mess with um, playing cards. Um, half the people read the coffee cup. So, <laughs> so if anyone offers you a coffee, you know they're trying to get to the bottom of what makes you you. Um, so the mystical <laughs> and the ordinary are really mixed together in um, in the Greek lifestyle. And that is beautiful and so she used to um, read playing cards and she used to read some oracle cards and very very rarely she would take out the tarot cards and I was very close with her and every time she would do a reading we'd check you know what, what everybody in my family is up to and the people I left behind and before too long it turned out that I could read them myself which I thought maybe everyone could I'd never been involved in that lifestyle to have um, good guesses, good assumptions uh, about what was exact and what was guesswork, what was easy and what was complicated. I just took it um, like, like a toddler learning a language. I just picked it up and when when I read tarot cards to this day, I have that exact same approach that I don't really worry about what it says in the instruction book that this card would mean. I connect it straight from my heart. And in another fortuitous twist, and there's a lot of them, um, the specific tarot deck that she used to um, read from which I then went on and bought an identical one for myself, actually has star sign connections in each and every card. So here, for example, we've got the sign of Sagittarius and we've got the planet Jupiter. And that's just a card I picked up from the top of the deck. Um, this one, that's a little more complicated, so don't worry about the astrology with that. Um, yeah, also this one complicated. So I'm trying trying to keep it like really really <laughs> basic level so this one has um the scorpio sign here at the bottom and has the sun sigil at the top and so the tarot was my gateway drug to everything else because astrology is already built into it the colors of the different cards represent different um, humors and different aspects of life and the personality so that led into um, color healing and color readings and that then lends itself to crystals um, the way that the tarot works when I use it in my mind has also provided very fertile ground to developing towards mediumship and I found 
the tarot as a system and then specifically this deck that i work with it's called the thoth deck um uh, which is is right. not really sort of giving it a plug because if it suits you it suits you and if it doesn't suit you you know about it um this specific deck was it opened a door to absolutely everything that I needed to know about the mystical. And I kind of think of myself as a one-stop shop for everything that's a bit esoteric because anything that I turned my hand to later on from palmistry, uh, I Ching, I found it very easy because my connection with the tarot was so strong that it provided me with the mental tools that I needed to be able to tune to different people. Because what's interesting is that they are all tools and you'll meet incredible psychics mm. who need no tools and will just know stuff. It's not that the psychic needs the tools, but if you like the tools, you kind of go ahead with the tools. But the actual connection between two people is where you find the information to create the reading everything else is you know is is frills it's lace it's it's fabulous but not super necessary so do you do you think uh, i know you you were born in israel and then you went to greece and you were with this lady but do you do you think that it's it's it runs a bit deeper because I know you've done a lot on television and you do a lot in the uh, newspapers and stuff like that. But it's it's got to run deeper, hasn't it? Than 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 I know you say using a tool, but for me, you know, I'm connected. I feel I'm connected with the universe, and I feel I'm spiritual, and I feel that's that's come from somewhere. And people say to me, "Oh, you know." How can you be so happy in your situation? But it, it it's almost a channeling, isn't it? Is that how it is with you? I I agree with that a lot, a lot, because I obviously kind of glossed over the childhood. But for me, looking back, there were specific moments and specific situations that were just super impossible. I remember uh, waking up from a dream, dream <laughs> one day, sorry, and one of the words I had in the in the dream was a word in English, and obviously I didn't speak English at the time, so I went to a friend who had lived in South Africa and said to her, uh, does the word imitate mean something? Because I heard the word in a dream, and it told me that it means the word imitate um, in Hebrew, and she was like, oh yeah, it does. Um, and there would be situations at school where I would be asked to guess something and guess it correctly. And I think it's a massive gift that no one ever acted like it was, you know, like it was really freakish. Um, people just accepted it. And I think maybe that's part of part of the privilege that I grew up in an environment that wasn't particularly religious and so no one was looking around for the devil to kick out of me. You know, if there were things that I did or I said that were really impossible, <laughs> there's lots of strange things in the world. So that's another one. So looking back, there are little hints, there are little clues that I was plugged into 
the stream of the universe and I feel that my energy and yours really match in that sense. It doesn't matter what comes to me. I think, you know, it'll it'll turn out all right. And actually, um, we saw each other on Steph's Back Lunch just a couple of days ago and I came, it was actually a really difficult morning for me, but you know, it's, it's show business. So I came in, um, you know, coping, <laughs> I came in coping in lipstick, coping in lipstick. I was all right. Lots of coffee. <laughs> and, um, one of our lunchmate friends said to me in a really sincere way, how are you? And for about two or three seconds, I cried on her shoulder. And then I was fine again, because that's part of that connection to the universe. I thought, okay, so the universe put Sandra, who's so empathic, right in my path so that she could take away a little of the pain that day. And then I could carry on through the rest of the day. So all of those little intersections and connections and situations, I think they're a lot more than random. I think synchronicity is a very real thing. And I think even that time that I met Sylvia in Greece, who, you know, opened the door for me to everything that I have and everything that I am now, I think that wasn't super um, accidental either. And I'll tell you that this is becoming very meta <laughs> because people have been creating podcasts for a couple of years now. Um, so, about a year and a bit ago, my friend Anna, who's an author and who has um, a podcast mostly about literature, but um, but she was also my tarot student. So uh, she interviewed me as her tarot teacher. Um, I was telling her the story of how I happened to meet Sylvia and I had a, a waitress job in Greece and I gave up the waitress job. I didn't have the right paperwork and that boss really cared about the paperwork. So I thought I'll just find one that doesn't really care. So I went to the main square that morning and I just put it out there. I, I want to get a job. I'll just sit in the main square and a job will come. And for somebody who wasn't yeah. raised really in a, in any faith, you know, I was raised Jewish, but not as somebody who believed in God or believed in like the full religion. That's quite extraordinary. I think even as just like the base level of sitting there and going, if I sit here and I put that thought out, it'll happen. So I'm sitting in the main square and then um, Leanne, um, who was from Australia and had um, very long dreadlocks, had walked past. And I was like, Leanne, somebody said you're leaving the island. Can I have your shop job? And she was like, yeah, let me take you. I'm going there now. That shop job was Sylvia. And then Sylvia wow. said to me, also, I have a six-year-old child. Can you look after him? But what's funny is that as Anna's interviewing me about this story, she said to me, isn't it funny that you put it out to the universe that you wanted a job and you met the person who gave you your career for the rest of your life? And that blew my mind so badly because I never realized oh, yeah. how deep <laughs> that story went. I sat in the main square wanting to get a job for the next four, six weeks, just for the rest of summer. I met the person who taught me the skill that I am still using now 28 Today. years later. How old am I? 28 years later. 
and not intending to stop anytime soon. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a really cool story. I mean, it's the law of attraction, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. And I think every decade we have like a different name for it. So if you'd said the law of attraction in the 90s, it meant nothing. Um, but there were different words for it. Even the word prayer is not a million miles from it. So uh, invocation, manifestation, the secret, the Celestine prophecy, the guide stones are there if if you just look for it and I was actually it, it was funny I was covered in a story about manifestation I think in the metro newspaper a few months back and I mentioned that the friend who uh, had brought me into not just reading the future but influencing the future this is where we get into the witchcraft stuff uh, the friend who opened the door to that gave me a copy of the Celestine Prophecy I think I might still have a copy wow. somewhere there. It would be, it would be somewhere, but I'm not stretching back because I couldn't find my leggings before. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if I stretch yeah, back, it idea. might become a totally different sort of show. Um, but when when the Metro paper said, you know, Den in Bal was gifted a copy of the Celestine Prophecy in brackets, the journalist put that was the secret of the 90s because The Secret is a book that deals with manifestation and miracles and it didn't exist in the 90s but The Celestine Prophecy did and Paolo Colo's oh, what's the name of the The Alchemist existed in the 90s so mm. all of those mm. newer words different words convey practices and abilities that are as old as the universe itself because I do believe that we are all plugged into the same source and into each other and when we put out this positive energy yes I can yes you can I believe in it that influences not just me psychologically not just people that I come in touch with psychologically but I feel that it works in a metaphysical way, on a metaphysical level, in a way that maybe can't be measured, maybe it can be measured. I don't, I don't really know about the studies, um, but is very real and very tangible for the kind of person that wants to pay attention to it. What would you say to people who, because there are a lot of astrologers, quote unquote, astrologers out there, aren't there, and. You know, what What would you say to, because I, I talk about astrology and the universe uh, to some people and they're just like, oh, you know, we don't, I don't believe in that. And it's just, it's just mumbo jumbo rubbish. But it's like, what, what would you say to someone like that and understanding astrology? Because when I first looked at astrology years ago uh, in my very naive days and, uh, in fact, I delivered a talk once and someone said uh, I was express I was expressing how I'm grateful to be alive and how I love life. And they said to me, uh, does that come from your lower chakra? And at the time I responded to her probably ignorantly. And I said, 
well, no, it doesn't come from any chakra. It just comes from my heart. So how how would you how would you kind of unravel it and unpick it for someone that doesn't believe that could probably benefit from it? It first of all, I'm really not here to convert anybody. Um, most people find their way to spirituality one way or another, and those that don't, it's really really okay. Um, but for anyone that is um dismissive of it um and i hear that a lot you know i don't believe in astrology i say it doesn't need, it doesn't need your belief to work it works whether or not you believe in it i don't believe in my car that's parked out there but you know the fact that yesterday i traveled to london and back means that it works whether or not i believe in it i don't know how a lot of things work and it doesn't stop me from benefiting from them um there's obviously also the you know try and see if it works for you because i think with astrology being so universal and really so easily provable if you'll accept anecdotal evidence as evidence the moment somebody sort of says oh i don't believe it i'm nothing like my star sign but then you describe their parents to them or then you describe their workmates to them just in broad yeah. brushstroke descriptions, they'll be like, oh yeah, that does sound similar. Because um, self-awareness is a very rare commodity <laughs> in, um, in our privileged world. And it's very easy for somebody to go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not really hyperactive like other Aries. I'm, I'm not really a typical Aries. But, you know, fine, there's loads of other things that you can be as an Aries. Um, and I think it's also worth remembering that only 200 years ago, astrology and astronomy were the same science. The science of looking at the sky and the science of plotting the movement of the planets only separated into kind of the science and the art just a couple of hundred years ago. And um, back in the day, physicians needed to know astrology in order to um, diagnose people accurately. Now, I think a lot of stuff in life, in, in our world is about conquests and we always have to keep in mind who benefited from belittling astrology not as individuals but um when the church no disrespect uh needed to uh you know conquer lots of countries um the the church and the um empires that worked with it needed to remove anything that was connected to other cultures, anything that was seen as idol worship. And so I believe that a lot of um, esoteric knowledge had got shoved to the side in order to make room for, for the conquerors. There's also an element of how prevalent marketing and consumerism is in our world and so you're very likely to pick up a book about astrology that was written by 
an intern in a publishing house that just wanted uh, a heavy book with a velvet on the outside uh, that they can sell for £15. Um, so you've got to be, I think, very discerning when you figure out what's right for you and what's not right for you. And if astrology is not right for you, that's really, really cool. But if astrology is right for you, but you had your mind made up for you by somebody who doesn't have your best interests at heart, maybe think again, maybe even a third time. That's that's yeah, that's really that's good advice. Um, all the planets Thank are direct you. at the moment, aren't they? And we're at the currently we're out of retrograde. Um, tell us, we're tell us what yeah, that we're means for us all. All the, the retrogrades because we're going th we're going through a few a few weeks in the future as well. So you know, um, brace yourselves for a good Valentine's for a change. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what. You know, I, I'm talking about out of retrograde and in retrograde and the planets are direct at the moment and going forward. But please, for any listeners or viewers of mine, tell us what that means for us all at the moment and what we're going through and how we're feeling. Because I've noticed kind of a shift of, I don't know, maybe I know we're out of retrograde, but it almost feels a little bit wobbly. It Well, I think... A certain amount of worry is necessary for, you know, for us as people to feel anchored and to feel weighted. And when um, when things are going our way, it can be very unsettling. Um, but just to sort of roll back and go to what retrogrades actually are. Um, the idea of the retrograde is that a certain planet is going backwards in the sky. That is, of course, impossible. Each planet is on its own orbit and all the planets are forever hurtling forward through, you know, through the dark and vast unknown. But we observe the planets from here on Earth. If you look at our solar system from the sun, take sunscreen. If you look at our solar system from the sun, you'll see that all the planets are going forward all the time. But when we look at them from Earth, because Earth is also moving and they're all moving on different orbits and at different speeds, sometimes a planet looks to us as if it's going backwards in the sky. And when that happens, that can create an uneasy feeling more than a feeling it can create uneasy experiences because when a planet goes backwards it repeats the same uh, astrological journey that it had just come from and furthermore then when it starts going direct it repeats it a third time. So, for example, when Mercury is in retrograde, so that's the most famous one, because it's the most frequent one. Mercury goes uh, retrograde three or four times every year. When Mercury, which is the planet of communication, goes retrograde, it, um, it can break things up in social media, emails, messages, even misunderstanding conversations between friends and taking things the wrong way. So we've got the shadow period before the planet goes retrograde, which is the 
journey that it takes through the signs, which will then be repeated again. So that's kind of a preparation time. And that's when we can feel prior to the retrograde that things are slowing down and they're not going quite as expected. Then we've got the retrograde period, which is, you know, the whole shebang, um, things breaking down. And I always start a period of, ret of Mercury retrograde going, Oh, everything's fine. Nothing's broken. Then it'll be like either my phone, my husband's phone. Now, now we have, now we're like a, a multi-phone household because two of the children have gone uh, past the age of ten, which is uh, mummy and Bar's age for um, age for phones. Um, so there's a lot of technology, and things start breaking, and I go, "Wow, I was cocky again and proved wrong again." So that's Mercury in retrograde. We've also recently had. Mars in retrograde and Mars is a planet of war and sex. Why they are together, I don't even want to go into that. But when Mars is in retrograde, that's when relationships start going um, very complicated. And both Mercury in retrograde and Mars in retrograde are prime moments for exes to, to suddenly crawl back from the woodwork. Um, and I haven't shared it with anybody. So you've got not just an exclusive, even my husband doesn't know, but in this period of the Mars in retrograde, my awful ex, who is not even on social media, I kept seeing pictures of him in the background of other friends' social media, which has not happened. We've been split up like 15 years. I haven't had to trouble my lovely corneas with the awful image of his face. And over the um, over the Mars retrograde, it was just again and again and again. It was like in a horror movie. You know, you're just scared to you're scared to scroll because who knows if the face will come up again. Enjoy that exclusive. <laughs> I hope he's not listening on the side. Um, Thanks for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're super welcome. So, those periods of retrograde um, are not really like aligned with one another. So, usually you will have one or two planets in retrograde uh, because Mercury is so common and that can happen. The Mars retrograde is only every couple of years, but when it happens, it takes about seven months. So so that's a hard slog. Uh, when you get the outer planets, so that's the planets with a longer orbit, uh, like Saturn in retrograde. Saturn is a drag of a planet anyway everything is slow with saturn so when saturn's in retrograde you are wading through treacle you can't get projects off the ground um and towards the end of the year we had about five planets in retrograde and towards the end of this year coming we're also going to have like multiple planets in retrograde i think we've got a moment i don't know if it's like in september or something where either all of them or almost all of them are in retrograde so sorry i'm laughing but it's really not funny um so at the moment there's nothing in retrograde some planets are still finishing their post retrograde shadow so um so we've still got mercury and um mars in the post retrograde shadow so that's when we're still trying to recalibrate ourselves in order to be able to create but from the end of january is it 29th of january something like that i don't want to just say that i haven't checked but something like that 
everything <laughs> is going straight everything is going our way and like i said it can be kind of unsettling to have um no no blowback no wind dragging you back but it, it is wonderful because when people sort of go to their astrologer and go you know is now a good time to start a business is now a good time to invest is now a good time to buy that ticket move house move countries this february the answer is yes 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 and yes do all of those things the um <laughs> the real first word problem um i had with it first world problem i had with it is um I write um, not horoscopes, but like astrology columns for a woman and home magazine. Yeah. And every time the girl is like, pitch me. And I've got like, you know, great pitches, great ideas. And in February, I was like, I, I can write about the origins of Valentine's. She's like, great, pitch me more. And I'm like, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> nothing happening that would make like really bad astrology journalism i can't call it actual journalism make really bad journalism if i was to type up you know every, everything is fine guys and gals just get on with your lives for a change nothing is getting in the way so so we have a few weeks of joy and a few weeks of me having to be super creative to come up with new concepts to cover <laughs> when astrology is doing nothing that's really good news, isn't it? I mean, so what you're in actual fact saying is, you know, if if you've got something that you want to say or launch or just get on get on top of a mountain and say it and just do it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You want to film that course. You want to um, get something really heavy off your chest. Now's the time. Now's the time. It's a it's an opportunity that might not come back for months. Amazing. So uh, I know you do. We've mentioned a lot of media. You're on you're on Stespat Lunch with me. And um, tell me about Jack Osborne. Oh, it's coming up to, I think, exactly a year since um, since I like auditioned, since I interviewed for it. Uh, but what was interesting is when I first interviewed for Jack Osborne's um, homecoming, uh, haunted homecoming show. I didn't know what I was interviewing for. I just knew that there was a producer that wanted a meeting with me to uh, to see if I'd be happy to do some ghost hunting. And ghost hunting is not my strongest point. I don't think um, dealing with relationships and figuring out if somebody's cheating on someone. That's you know that's my strongest thing, but. I'm the kind of person I absolutely love pushing my boundaries and seeing what, you know, what I could do with three cameras pointed at me. So, <laughs> so I, almost a year ago, drove down to an unknown location. I just had a postcode uh, to do a program that I wasn't told what the program would be. And I... Right. arrived and was given the paperwork to sign that you know that means that they can use all the footage and everything and at the very top it said Jack Osborne's haunted homecoming and I thought no 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 <laughs> and I I text messaged my husband to say it says Jack Osborne there. I mean, it's not an impossible name. Jack's a pretty popular name. Osborne's, you know, common enough. 
is there another Jack Osborne? My husband's like, no, he does haunted home shows. It must be him. Um, so I was in this um, hotel that used to be an abbey with um, yeah. monks and all sorts. And um, I wasn't given like any prep for it. I only did like my introduction afterwards because we went right to work. So uh, Jack came, introduced himself. The most humble person I have met in my life. So super unassuming. If he passed you in the street, um, you, you wouldn't even look twice. This is somebody that sort of uh, grew up in um, massive privilege and, and lots of wealth. Um, he keeps his aura nice and tight around him, if you know what I mean. He's not somebody that needs to be noticed and um, and has any drama. So it was himself. And then uh, an expert of uh, like death and dying. It was a lady who's not a medium and I don't know if she even believes in it. She's not really upfront about it, but she's somebody who is a historian that specializes in <laughs> kind of gruesome deaths. Um, so the wow. two of them were like, okay, you lead. You tell us what you can sense, what you can find. And obviously there's the one voice in my head that goes, you know, you can't do this. <laughs> you know, you can't do this with cameras pointed at you. And the other voice in my head that goes, just try. I'm sure you could do it. I mean, you have the skills to do it and the camera doesn't mind, if, you know, as, as long as you show your more attractive side, it'll be fine. So I started sort of going room to room, seeing what I, uh, what I could sense, expressing. Um, I could see sort of lots of little footsteps running and I thought it's interesting were there children here and I could see a figure in the corner and I described her and then I was like, can we go downstairs? And the um, Jack and the expert are like totally blank faced, just listening which is, to be honest, kind of good because in paranormal investigation, even if the person um, who knows the history thinks they know the history, some new stuff can come to light. Nobody knows everything. So it's actually quite good to not get the feedback and to kind of do it on, on empty and just sort of go with with what I was feeling. So we went kind of room by room. I said, yeah. can we go uh, downstairs? And then they said, can you pop outside to see what's going on? And I went outside and there's a strange thing when you do like ghost hunts that where things are very, very ghosty, it's also very, very cold. And you would sense it more outdoors in my experience than indoors um, that you can sort of come off the path onto the grass and it'll be like shivery shuddery cold and you get back on the path and it'll be like you know regular cold <laughs> it's, it's buckinghamshire it wasn't warm really um, so Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something that anyone can try. I recommend um, <laughs> graveyards, uh, but but it can happen anywhere. So um, places 
where you know that there had been hangings in the past. Um, there, you know, the littered everywhere. Uh, places where you know that there has been um, ritual suicides, like up the mountain Masada in the desert in Israel, um, where hundreds of people killed themselves to not fall um, to the Romans. Um, so as I'm standing there, cameras around and the camera, camera people, great there was none of this you know can you turn a bit here can you turn a bit there they were like yeah, yeah. um sort of making sure that they're capturing everything without interfering with the you know very important work that i was carrying process, out yeah. um and i yeah and i could see something that was like a gallows and i said i can just sort of see lots of woods and everything now obviously the the voice on this side it's still, it's still not shutting up. The voice is going, you're getting everything wrong. They're laughing at you. They're just going to have to um, edit all of it out and get somebody else tomorrow. And the other <laughs> voice is going, you're using full sentences. You know that full sentences are a challenge to you. So you must be channeling something. It all, it all <laughs> makes sense, the, you know, and what's lucky is that I don't really understand what an abbey is <laughs> I don't understand you know when you say abbey when you say church or when you see you know any, uh, minster I don't know what the difference is because my background is not Christian I'm not English so a lot of those things are things that I just have to understand by assimilation and again it makes it yeah. great that I don't know what I'm looking for so anything is fine so there were things like i could see the that the ceiling was kind of in the wrong place um because i could see uh spirit um going back and forth but could only see it from here which is actually quite common when floors will have changed if there is a spirit that's just like an imprint then you will see them you know do their thing where they used to do their thing and their feet would be where the floor used to be um so when I finished saying everything I had to say I went and recorded my intro afterwards because entertainment is a funny industry so things can happen you know out of sequence um <laughs> and then Jack said to me, uh, do you want me to tell you um, what, what actually happened, what you got right? <laughs> I was like, please, if you can. Um, it, you know, I didn't want to make him. I was fully ready to get in the car and, um, and get out of there and, you know, and, and deal with, uh, with the anxious voices on the drive home. Um, but he said <laughs> to me, um, what used to happen here was just as you described and the lady that you described is just how other people that stayed in the hotel because the Abbey is now a hotel um, exactly how they described but he said you know the big thing was outside outside is where they had like children in coffins so that's all the woods that I was seeing um, and he said that that specific Abbey was well known for being super unchristlike and the stuff that was going on there was very sinful and um and there were um gruesome deaths going on and it absolutely blew my mind uh, but I thought maybe he was being kind wow. but then when I watched the actual show when it finally landed so filmed that like February um, and it was a Halloween show so when it finally landed it looked so good I was 
so excited. I was like, who is this girl getting everything right? I mean, I, I hate to be, you know, like boastful, but I was so thrilled. thrilled no, you go and for relieved. it. I love I'll, that. I'll be honest. Thank you. That's so cool. I love it. I love it. What a great story. And you do you do other bits Thank of media, you. don't you, for like you said, the Metro and other other newspapers. I, I was I was actually I, I, do. I don't know if you've heard of him. I was good I was good friends with Jonathan Kainer, the astrologer. Oh wow. No, I didn't know. How amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but um he he was cool, so I, I must have this kind of uh like gravitational pull to astrologers and psychics in ball. I think it's just people that know stuff find it natural to be around other people that know stuff. And I think people of faith find themselves sort of quite easily drawn to other people of faith and it doesn't even have to be the same faith. And I also think that alternative people stick with alternative people. So, you know, so for yeah. lots of reasons, you know, it's natural that, that we should all find each other, converge together. Well, before we, before we go, I hate to, because I could, I could go on for hours and hours, but well, what message would you give to people that are struggling at the moment and only see kind of, darkness and like because there's a lot of misery out there isn't the like just what would you say to people like is there a message of hope like when you're channeling and through there, your psychic and astrology and there really is um not even as a channeled message but just from looking back at doing readings for literally hundreds of thousands of people um things always turn out fine in the end you know people say to me will I ever meet someone and I say well you know on averages literally everyone in the end does everything turns out well there's something that really helped me get through the pandemic which was a difficult time um for, I think for any mother of four um and that was the insight that everyone is doing their best and that's a really important one to remember that even the person who is awful is doing their best and when they know better they'll do better and even the person who's really in your way or looks to be really intentionally out of order they are doing their best everyone is doing their best and that can really help get over the more socially debilitating days. Um, but let's do just a quick channeled tarot message for everyone. I'll take three cards because it's better than one. Oh, that's actually really interesting. This one says you already are stronger than you were. And how do you know you're stronger than you were? Because you've already been through awful things, awful moments, 
And not only you survived, but you actually collected the tokens of knowledge and understanding and resilience. And so when difficult moments come around again, you already are stronger. Every difficulty, every hardship that gets in your way is only making you wiser, smarter and stronger. I believe in you. Amazing. I believe in you too. And uh, uh, if, if anyone that wants a reading or wants to wants to contact you and uh, connect with you, how, how would they do that? Um, my website is inbal.com. I'm on Instagram as inbal, even though on Instagram I have lots of copycats. So um, the I think the easiest way to find that it's the real me is that I'm the one that, that, that says, you know, you have friends in common, Asta. Um, you know, find find the one that you've got that people who you already know are following um i'm i'm very easy to find on facebook i'm on tiktok um and um direct by email it's in hotmail.com if you can spell my name right then you can find me i'm very easy to find online oh god inbal honigman the the amazing not only astrologer and psychic but a lovely human being thank you so much for being on astrovision i really appreciate it Thank you so much for having me.